interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Welcome to the fourth program. Those of you who have been watching know that I like to start each session with a little story about grace. And this one is uh, directly related to our guest today, which is Dr. Carrie Madej. And it's about the time when Grace learned about zombies. And specifically, I told last time about her uh, with touching a guy that I told her was a zombie at Walmart, but this is a little different. So this happened about two years ago. We homeschooled Grace and she didn't quite have her assignment ready. So even though we homeschooled, Grace did presentations every week with a homeschool group. And so Cindy was, a, my, my wife's name was Cindy. She was a little concerned that Grace wasn't ready. So I said, hey, Grace, we can do this report a different way. You don't have to prepare. You just do it in, in a sloth like a zombie. And so then what she, what she, what we did was she learned that you could just do the report extremely slow. So I'll just give you an example. Good morning, class. Today, my report. So you get the idea. So if she's got to give a two-minute report, if she does it in sloth, acting like a zombie, it takes the whole two minutes and she doesn't have to be prepared. So um, Don, I think, has up a picture of Grace horse riding right now. So that's uh, the backdrop I want to give you with a, another neat story about Grace. Uh, so Grace had a heart for the Lord that's hard to uh, imagine. And this story happened quite a long time ago. She was probably six or seven. And she still had that relationship, even though she was young. She understood forgiveness differently than what people generally do. So this particular day, my wife and I got in an argument. We were at her cabin and Grace said, aren't you supposed to apologize? And I said, that's right, Grace, we are. So we both said we were sorry, but Grace took it one step further. And this is what the magic was with her relationship with the Lord. She knew that the words didn't matter. So she said, aren't you supposed to kiss? And it was, it was just beautiful to see her do that. So, you know, they took one of, one of his. My daughter was one of his. And uh, Genesis 50, 20 says, you intended harm to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. And we know Grace's death is not in vain. We've been involved with many, many situations and, um, it, it's neat to see her work is is not done. So that's why I'm doing this. Uh, I'm doing it because I don't want Grace's death to be in vain. And as what she what she taught me in her death is how programmed I have been. In today's program, we're going to talk about being programmed to trust the white coat. And Dr. Carey, of course, is one of the experts in how to walk that line so that we don't put our faith in the white coat. And I, I want to give a little bit of backdrop so you can see how we do this subtly where we don't trust God. So Don, can you bring up the page three of the PDF? What you're going to see here with this page is that 
this is the frontline doctor's protocol when we took Grace to the hospital on October 6th of 2021. And if you specifically look at the top paragraph, it's says that you should go to the emergency room saturation drops below 94%. So we were on the frontline doctor and I'm not saying to not trust my point here, but we have to take responsibility for your own health. So even though we were not uh, bought into the vaccine or that, we still were influenced by the propaganda. So the specific situation is they recommended getting a pulse oximeter, which we did. You know, Grace had been had the flu and colds multiple times over her 19 year life, and we never measured her oxygen before. But now we bought one of those meters. So we started measuring her oxygen. So we never had a baseline. If we would have had that tool throughout her life, we would have had a baseline. But now we bought that tool consistent with the frontline doctor's protocol. We start measuring her oxygen. We see that she's in the high 80s, so we took her to the emergency room. If we would have never done that, Grace would be alive today. And I'm, I'm drilling that down to show you that you can't put your faith in what somebody else says. You've got to do the research yourself and see what is objective. So anyway, we felt trapped to that. I want everybody to know that. Um, that situation you can avoid. And I wanted to show a, a current one. So this just came out last week. My daughter, Jessica, saw this for the frontline doctor's protocol for influenza and RSV. So Don, can you um, bring up that link? Again, we're not throwing out the baby with the bathwater here, but if you if you take a look at this link, we'll include it with the show notes, you'll see that the recommendation for the first step with both influenza and RSV, RSV is to get a PCR test. And so it, it's hard for me to understand that given the PCR test has been debunked. I talked with a doctor specifically about this article and she said she never uses a PCR test for, for any sickness. You just, you look at the patient, are they sick or not? So anyway, Carrie's going to shed a lot of light on different things than this, but I, I just wanted to give that as a backdrop so people understand how easily it is to get duped into things just because you you read them. So I already said my guest today is, is Dr. Carrie Madej. She's a, a doctor of osteopathic and internal medicine. I actually got to know Carrie without her knowing it way back in September before uh, the the election between Trump and Biden, her and Dr. Tenpenny had done a, a outstanding podcast on the harm of this vaccine that wasn't even out yet. And when I heard that, I thought these two ladies are spot on. And then I actually met her uh, three weeks ago at the Red Pill Expo. So anyway, she's going to uh, show us today that we do not have to be programmed to accept man's cures for diseases. And of course, the topic on everybody's mind. We almost have 13 million hits from died suddenly. So the topic on everybody's mind is the mRNA, uh, the nanotechnology, the bigger picture solutions. And so she's going to be talking about those through the questions that I ask her. Something that uh, many of you who follow her would know is that she's one of the few people on this earth who survived a plane crash and knew she would. 
but that's another story. So you can look her up online and find out about uh, that situation. The most important thing about Carrie is that she uh, is a believer in our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, she uh, believes that body, mind, and spirit are equally important in achieving wellness and that a balanced body has the inherent ability to heal itself. Uh, she was originally from Dearborn, Michigan. She received her medical degree from Kansas City University of Medical Biosciences in 2001. And today she invests her time educating others on vaccines, nanotechnology, human rights, and does that via multiple platforms and speaking engagements. So with that being said, welcome, Carrie. Hi, Scott. I'm so honored to be here with you on your show. I know when we spoke at the Red Pill Expo in Salt Lake City, I just felt a, a connection already and like a love for, for our father creator and um, passion to, to help other people. And I wanted to just go back to what you said about the outpatient care that Grace really did not receive. I mean, they didn't do anything for her in the outpatient, right? They just referred you to the hospital just by the oxygen. And I just want to let people know that we're expecting medicine to be like we like we remember it three years ago. It's not the same, everybody. It's changed because normally in an outpatient setting, a, a normal doctor would have given uh, a nebulizer the, the mist from the machine with albuterol or atropine in it or a steroid or probably all of the above, as well as like right. a steroid shot. These are proper ways to treat somebody urgently. We would never send them to the emergency room like that. And, and no antibiotics. Um, I had this happen to my own family members. It's really negligence and abandonment of care. And so this is why what you expect from medicine that you remember it is not the same now. Um, I don't associate myself with that. I think it's a death cult now. Um, it's, it's a, I mean, that's a whole other talk, but this is a time that we come together and we start helping one another in the communities. And that's what I try to do is educate people about what can you do at home before you go to the outpatient. Um, what can we do together? How do we make our bodies healthier um, so we don't have to go into that system? And then what I, I want to do and working with other doctors is how do we find a true way that we can separate ourselves away from this system and go to a, a true healing system, body, mind, and spirit, and so that they, they, the people in the governments, don't stop us from doing that because as a licensed doctor, you're prevented from helping people in certain ways. So, um, you know, looking into how to do that uh, to protect ourselves legally and lawfully from doing that. But that's my passion right now is to look for a way and to find a way with other people that we can truly separate away and do and do good health care. So just wanted to get into that. But yeah. Um, well, thanks for that. Then, I, mean, I, I, I Go ahead. No, go ahead. I go interrupted ahead, you. Well, I wanted to say now, you know, um, you're you're exactly right. <laughs> you're exactly right with the uh, the evil today and in the hospital. I went into a different hospital three days after Grace died, and they did not follow the protocol that 
that they did on Grace. They followed a protocol like you suggested. They gave me budesonide and they, they turned me around in 24 hours. Yeah. And I was significantly worse than Grace. So, you know, we know that they're not all in on it, but we have to be prepared. So anyway, go ahead then, Carrie, and we'll we'll get into some questions, but finish up your statement first. Um, yeah, I just wanted people to know that throughout you know, my career of being, I, I was an old fashioned kind of doctor where I admitted my own patients to the hospital, intubated them if needed in the ICU. Not, not how people are now. These were different cases. But I, I did everything from preventive care to if they got really sick. But what I learned is very rarely do people have to get that sick if, if you do proper care and you teach people how to be well. And that's what it is as a teacher, an educator, about what makes us sick and how do our bodies heal. But um, also what I was uh, shocked about and disappointed in, in my profession is that many times just in my career, I saw and learned and knew and, and my colleagues did too about things that could cure us from different diseases. And for instance, we know why people get blockages in their arteries for heart attacks. We know it. We know it causes it. We know there's bacteria that are pathogenic, usually from the mouth, bad bacteria, and that goes inside the wall of the artery. Um, and then the body's brilliant. The body says, oh, this is going to weaken the wall of the artery. And if it keeps weakening the walls, the, there could be a hole in the blood vessel and this person could bleed out. So the body's smart. It starts to put cement around where the bacteria is. We call that plaque. That's brilliant, right? That's the body's helping you. It's not broken. It's not about too much cholesterol. It's not about any of that. They know that, the people that are in the pharmaceutical industry. So if you know the cause, then you know you can know the solution. So Pfizer realized, okay, bad bacteria in the wall. They came up with an idea to make money off of this, not to cure people. They said, what if we took our antibiotic called azithromycin and gave it to the people for four to six months? And so our hospital in Georgia was a part of that and started to look at this and, and it was a great success. It was actually even put on the news stations and said, wow, this research is very promising. People's plaques are starting to shrink. And then all of a sudden they came and they said, stop the studies, just trash everything, don't talk about it. Well, you know, one of the scientists had come around and we asked why, what happened? And he said, well, because yes, the plaques are shrinking, but the problem is some of the plaques just disappeared. That means technically the person was cured. And they said, nobody can be cured because how will we make money? And I was upset and I was more upset because my own colleagues around me said, Carrie, you can't say anything either because we need to make money. How will we make money? And I said, you're willing to sacrifice your own potential health and, and longevity and your families for money. And that's pretty much what it was. So the, the, there's still some studies out there, but that's one of many, many things I found out about our industry and what, what makes it tick. It's not about our father creator. It's about the idol of money. And so again, um, this goes against my spiritual beliefs as well. So I was, I was horrified, but, not to say there aren't good parts of medicine, but again, right now we're not seeing very many of them. And it's about us acknowledging that and knowing that we have things that we can help people with. I'm dedicated for that. Um, and in my, in my career also, um, 
I was uh, I was introduced to some new technologies that we are we are dealing with right now with these shots they falsely call vaccines. Um, I've learned about them from scientific meetings and, and believe it or not, business owners meetings in Metro Atlanta. So um, that's how I got to start talking about these uh, shots, what's inside of them and what is the purpose? What is the intention behind them? So I was able to get um, a little bit closer look than the average person at the science because I met people who believed in this technology. And when I learned their intentions, I was angry and horrified. Um, and that's what gets me to speak because, you know, you bring out this darkness, you bring out um, the evil, you bring out these bad intentions to the light. And I believe they lose their power. And I believe in the power of, of us coming together through our father creator to, to make things better. Well, that's fantastic. You just laid the groundwork for the questions that I have. So while you're talking about bad intentions, can you specifically call out what you're, what you're meaning by bad intentions? So um, in these, okay, so let me start off with, um, I went to a business owners meeting around like um, end of 2014, yes, in, in Atlanta. It was a special one because you had to be, I was recruited, a couple of people said I was a good fit. Maybe it would help me with with my business. And I'm like, oh, okay, never tried that before. But I had to be, I had background checks. Um, they had to approve me and that sort of thing. And I didn't know, I thought that was normal. So then I had to go to one of the meetings and I didn't go for a while. I'm not very political. And I finally went to one. It was the end of the year of 2014. And again, I call this a divine appointment because I could have gone to many meetings. And I happened to go to this one. So this was a strange one because they bust us in. Nobody could drive, okay? So bust us in and then uh, I realized, we all realized the cell phones were jammed. Our cell phones didn't work. And so we went inside and there were many people there. Um, a lot of people that were much more important than me. I was like CNN and big tech companies, uh, Delta. And so you had to be a business owner. And um, when I got there, the doors were locked. I was upset about that. I asked to go outside because, you know, I needed to be available for phone calls. And they let me outside, but my phone still didn't work. I didn't know where my car was. So I had to go back inside. I'm like, this is not normal. Anyhow, this, this meeting started and they, they talked about, this was a very important meeting because it was about the future of Metro Atlanta. And they said, you know, we need to make sure we have um, all these good companies coming to, to come to Atlanta for, to build our businesses. But we're having problems because we feel these people in this room felt that there wasn't, um, that people are too racist and not amenable to new cultures. So how do they change the behavior of the people quickly? Okay, so here you have a group of people believing that they have the authority and the, the ability to just change people's behavior because they want the people's behavior to change. And so while I was there, I, I also, the people at my table asked what I did when I said it was a doctor, they laughed at me. They said, well, what good are you to us? We, what, how will you fit in our future? And I said, I'm sorry, what? And they said, well, our bodies will be changed. We won't need you. And, and I didn't know what that meant at that time. So anyhow, the, the talk goes on and they said, well, we have a solution to the problem of how to change people, change people's behavior. 
there was a uh, technology they said that would integrate with our cell phones, okay? They said that in the, that time there would be a health app that would be downloaded on our, all of our smartphones, which it's downloaded now. And I could actually uh, show you, it, there. I do have it, uh, a video about this, about if you go into the health app of anyone's, you can look at the subcategories of everything it has is the ability to measure. And they said- this is, this is literally on everybody's phone right now, what you're talking about? Yes, everybody has it. Now you can delete, um, you can disable the app, but you can't delete it. It's impossible. It's always on your phone, my phone, everybody's phone. When you look at the, the dropdown, you'd be shocked at everything that has the potential to measure in all of us, okay? They just have to turn it on. So what is it? So what is the purpose of this? So when they got up there, they had um, uh, one of the big wigs, Dr. Sanjay Gupta was there. I don't know if you know him. He's on CNN as their correspondent doctor. Many children will know who he is because recently he's been working with Sesame Street, with the Sesame Street characters. And he's making videos going into children's public schools and telling them how amazing the shot is, a COVID shot, and it'll make them superheroes. And I am so angry about this, Scott, because um, doing this behind the parents and the grandparents' backs and, and manipulating the children to think they can be superhuman by taking the COVID shot. Um, and this is the same man that stood in this meeting with us. So when he was there, he said he created this technology. I doubt it. He's just taking credit, but whatever. He said that with everything that this phone could measure inside the human being, that's how they could modify our behavior. Now, of course, the people in the room thought they were better than others, that it would be for everybody else out there. So what were they talking about? Um, Sanjay Gupta said, well, if a person doesn't lie very much or they, they're not, not a liar, then they're a healthy person to themselves, to their family, and to the community. Okay, this is the, this, this is the kind of wording. So it, it, so, it, sounds, it sounds good, but it, it's really evil. Yeah, so what if people didn't lie? Wouldn't it be a wonderful world, right? Yeah. And he said that this technology was to get a substance inside the human body, something benign, don't worry about it. Once the substance was high enough, it would actually integrate with the phone. You would be wirelessly connected to your phone 24-7. So the substance is pretty much called hydrogel. Um, also used, another name would be biosensor. Um, it is a form of a nanolipid particle, which you've probably heard that term used for the shots that they're injecting into people by chance, just coincidence, I'm sure. So he said, once the substance was inside, um, you could always get good information to the phone, like your blood pressure, your blood sugar. Wow, that sounds good. What if you, you know, or it could, it could uh, give an early warning of a seizure. Oh, wow, this is nice. But then he said the real reason for putting it in there. He said what they really wanted it for was to look and see who was lying and to give repercussions for that. So he gave the, this is his uh, story. He gave an example. He said, what if two women were talking on the phone and one woman said to the other, I'm sorry, I'm running late. I'm at the gym. I'll be at the restaurant soon. The phone 
would know immediately she was lying because of all of the, uh, the analytics going on in her body. It would know that she's lying because the GPS voice inflection knows her emotions. They said it was very accurate. The sweat glands called electrodermal analysis. It's all in our phones, by the way. I can always show you. It would pick up on, um, on, it's like a polygraph test on par with the police station. So it would know she's lying. Also blood alcohol content. She would happen to be maybe at a bar drinking alcohol. Well, this phone would know it. She was taking medicine. All of these things were being analyzed and would know that she's lying. And so this, he said this in the meeting. He said, so when she lied in a millisecond, the phone would give her, he said the word shock. And I'm not, I, I'm telling you that is the word he used. When we gasped in the audience, he said, okay, maybe you don't like that word. I'll use the word buzz. So what does this mean? I can only assume he didn't explain this in detail, but, you know, we don't realize that, you know, lights and frequencies can affect us. And so when you have some synthetic substance inside of you, there could be a signal like a Wi-Fi message going into the body and something can be produced. So in a way, it's a chemical shock collar, like a dog, right? Oh. Then, then he said after a month, three months, all the lies would be added up. And then uh, a social credit system that was negative would be enacted, meaning everybody would have a social credit system like China. I was sitting in this meeting going, what is this? This is not a normal business chamber of commerce meeting. I'm laughing now because it's just incredible. But I was not prepared. This is not the crowd I hang out with. I, I did not understand this. And he, he said, he gave the example that they, this person who was a liar couldn't get to good home mortgage, couldn't have access to good food, couldn't travel very much. And so the whole audience had Q&A and they, they were clapping. Everybody was clapping. They loved this idea, standing ovation. And then they argued about who would monetize off of it, who's going to make money, uh, privacy, because people could hack into this. This is an issue, but they didn't really care much about that. And then also if the little people would know if this was happening to them. And so I don't know what the answer was from that, but I was so horrified and disgusted. I asked the people at my table, how could you stand for this? And they said, well, what's going to happen in the world very soon, you can't stop. We can't stop. So it's better to be on this side than the other side. You'll come back running. And I said, never. I said, this is this is not from God. This is not from our father creator. And I said, you'll be, this technology will be turned on you. And so what was left unanswered was how would they get this technology, this substance inside of the people so fast? And so I didn't know the answer to that either until I saw the ingredients of the shots called COVID shots, right? They falsely call them vaccines. And when I saw nanolipid particle, I saw that they were using synthetic uh, genetic material. And um, bio, really, they these were the ingredients that can make biosensors. I knew exactly what was happening. I knew exactly that they were attempting to put a substance inside people that would take, it would take more than one shot because you're building on this platform inside the human body. Once there's enough of it, you can turn it on. And now you have a way to go into the body and send a message like Wi-Fi, like you're sending a message to another cell phone. It's almost like the cell phone's embedded inside of you. And I, I'll tell you that I, I cried and I was 
obviously upset. Then I got anger, like a righteous anger saying, no, they don't get away with this. And um, that's when I decided I, I woke up one night, started writing um, everything I knew. It was kind of like an epiphany. And um, I, I started speaking. I started educating people, warning them about really the intention behind this technology. And there it's all about lies and deceit. And, you know, and I just tell people that this being in the room with these people, it's not like you or me, Scott, or, you know, a lot of the people that we were at with the red pill, it's a different feeling. It's, um, it's cold, you know, it's, they don't have this heart of love for one another. It's, it's about, again, what is your idol? Can't serve two masters, money and power and control. Um, and so that's, that's my warning to people. And I, I just, that's my passion is to warn people and to save the children because they're targeting the children. Like I said, the same person bragging about this technology has videos with Sesame street targeting the children. Um, yeah, you did a fantastic job just laying, laying this out and connecting the dots. I have a lot of questions. So the organizer of this meeting, do you know who was behind putting it on? It's a Metro Atlanta chamber of commerce. It's like, um, they, um, they actually have subcommittees now since I went, I only went to one meeting. I was so disgusted. I never went back. I should have gone back to be kind of a spy, but I, I wasn't thinking clearly then. I was just horrified, right? Um, it, it's uh, They have a lot of big tech companies behind them, a lot of big corporations. I, ha I must have gone to a special just subcommittee meeting. Again, that was a fine appointment. I don't know how right. I got there. And so now they say it's IOT.ATL. So it's Internet of Things.ATL is one of their subcommittees. And now that's all about a smart city. They brag online about feeding people grubs, you know, insects, and uh, making everything smart so that your entire building knows everything you're doing, like the weight and, you know, everything is being monitored. They think this is a great model. They're the model city for the smart city, right? Being able to analyze everything that you do, um, your facial recognition, like everything is known about you. How many times you're breathing. If you're having sex, oh yeah, on this this app, it knows if you're having sexual relations, if you're fertile, um, if, if you're sweating, if you're breathing, having everything. They don't have the right to know these things. Also, I... I don't know if there's technology is as good as they brag about, but the point is they could cause a lot of harm and devastation trying to get to this point. And it's not about making us a healthier person or making us superhuman like they're promising the children. It's truly about, you know, knowing every tiny little thing about you spying on the most minute level to the biggest level. And then also um, doing something called predictive policing which is the minority report, like I described, when the woman was just thinking something, or let's say, uh, you know, I was in a lot of traffic this morning. <laughs> so sometimes I thought about, I was, wish I could ram into the car in front of me. <laughs> I thought about it, but I know not to do that. I would never do it. But if I was in this system, the system would put a red alert out there about me. I'm a, I'm a violent human. I'm a violent person. Yeah. And so the thought police would say, Carrie, come off the road. You're not allowed to drive, right? 
and I wasn't going to do anything. It's just the thought that goes out there. It's what makes us people, right? So we need to be careful about this technology, who's behind it, what they want to do with it, and watch out for the lies that they have for all of us. Well, I mean, it seems pretty clear who's behind it. I mean, this is satanic and yes. it's easily proven because this technology would be designed to control us and God's nature, he gave us a free will for that specific reason. I mean, I often have thought, what is the hardest decision God ever made? And to me, it had to be giving us a free will because he knew most people would not choose him. And so then they would spend eternity in hell. So that had to be um, an extremely uh, hard choice that God made, but it was so important to give us choice that yeah. he made it anyway. So anytime you see something that's trying to control us, you can see that it's from Satan. And this is clearly satanic. When you, How many people are at this meeting roughly, would you estimate? I mean, it could be between 500 and 1,000. It kind of wrapped around maybe between then between that number of people but i knew that i was very rare they didn't really have many other uh, medical professionals there and i found out later they've told uh they were told us in um some science meetings that i went to that my job as a doctor would be obsolete in my lifetime because our bodies they wanted to change our bodies so much that we would just be uploading and downloading what we needed as medicines and vaccines i i still I still don't believe their story of this technology, you know, um, uh, it's, it's that kind of a demonic realm, you know, Satan cannot create life. He cannot do anything like that. He just copies and blasphemies and, and hijacks life. Right. So I don't believe the lies and deceit, but the problem is what they're doing is trying to contaminate what God created, trying to hijack it. And of course they won't, it won't work, but they're lying and hurting and deceiving and destroying a lot of lives right now in the process. So um, I think it's our job to be out there and, and warn people about what is happening right now and get them to see things from a different angle um, and know that the scripture is coming alive more than ever before, I believe. And it gives us the instructions of, of what to do right now. And I want to just let people know that even if they got one or two shots that I, I believe that it's never too late, you know, praying and repenting are powerful. We are looking into more things that can use, um, you know, technologies for the, for the good, um, like Rife machines that are old and use frequency. All these things are, are, can be very healing to our body, but particularly prayer and repentance. So um, just, just know that you should never lose hope. There's always hope. There's always a way. Well, that's that's uh, right on. Uh, I want to come back to that, but first, I just want to um, I want to ask you a personal question about when you're sharing this because I I I can see you have a responsibility. I mean, this was a divine appointment to go to that meeting in 2014, and so that creates a responsibility. I see the analogous situation with Grace's death and what I know about hospitals, but the question I have is, do you know, I see a lot of people, even in our own circle of people who we know, uh, they think that we're we're out in left field. So, I mean, are you getting that that same reaction that this this can't be, Carrie? I mean, this is too far out there. 
definitely when I first started speaking, that was pretty much the response, but I was so full of the Holy Spirit then I didn't care because I, I, I knew that even if I reached five people, it was worth it. Um, and then as time went on, I was kind of pleasantly surprised that people were understanding that this is possible. We're understanding that this technology was out there doing their own research where I don't think five years ago I would have seen that. So that that was amazing. I can tell you that the amount of people I we call waking up, they're doing it so fast. They're doing it. This is like all new information for them. And so I have to remind myself that and, and be patient that this is just new new information that takes time to digest. Right. Um, because our whole world is not what we thought it was, is it? But again, the more I go back to the scripture, I see the truth and the instructions are there. And it fills me with joy and hope and faith and love, believe it or not, in this crazy world. I I still have that. I know that's that's the Holy Spirit, you know, reassuring and saying, you know, just keep our eyes on him and the answer is in there. And really i look at it as um like you know that we say the word apocalypse what does that mean it's greek for lifting the veil it means that we're seeing the unseen we're seeing what has always been there this evil's always been there but now we know it now we see it now we know how it operates and that means we with the holy spirit in us we have the authority we have dominion over anything demonic over anything evil and that's that's beautiful once we realize that and we we connect with God because we became disconnected from our father creator. So it's all the lens that we look at it through. I think our generation, um, we can look at it as a beautiful thing. We, we were chosen to be here to help. Once we see this, it's a responsibility. Yes. But again, we can be that generation that says no more. And that says we stand for what is right and for what is good for love and for truth and say we are not going to let this demonic realm have any authority over us it does not have dominion over this world because this is god created this for us that's uh, uh, absolutely right on that is the power that is laid out in the scripture satan has no power over us unless we choose to give it to him and that that's a fantastic uh, message you know the the um the people who have watched died suddenly. So now uh, it's approaching 13 million hits just on Rumble. So a lot of those people who have watched that got the jab. So they're going to wonder, okay, I mean, either they're gonna to choose to believe what's in that documentary or not. If they believe it, of course, that's gonna create some fear, which your answer, of course, is repent first that's the that's the most important piece have are you seeing anything out there that is things then after a person repents things that they can can do to help reverse the effects of the jab nothing is guaranteed of course the earlier the better of getting to somebody after they've gotten these these jabs or been shut on um we have to detox from poisons like graphene and zeolite clay. There's a particular brand called Touchstone. Um, their live blood has actually, their live blood analysis has shown that taking their product, it's the zeolite's grabbing onto the graphene in the blood and binding it. You can remove it. Um, 
of course, protecting yourself from EMF, electromagnetic frequency, because that's a big part of all of this that's going on. It kind of acts like a radiation on us. It's not healthy for us either. So bringing that back down, um, just detoxing from heavy metals in general, all these different things are very helpful. And then people that have gotten a lot of this technology in their body, and all of us can get it. It's not just from the shots, okay? Um, but if there are some people are using different kinds of frequencies, which are, you could say, analogous to like the Rife machine, or um, there's some, some people with other technologies that use kind of an ultrasound frequency with light. Um, they're... I've seen cases where they're treating the people and it's analogous to almost wiping the program. So again, you're putting something that's not organic, not from nature, that's like a, like a liquefied computing product inside the human body. Well, how do you stop that? You can, what if you wipe the program, right? You don't hurt the person, you're, you're, it doesn't have a function anymore. So yes there are different things uh they're not widespread yet but the more we talk about this the more we work together the more these things can be accessible for people to use and i have seen people that have even had hor horrific seizures from these shots they no longer have seizures they're either regaining their health back but they all tell me the same thing is that they repented and prayed and they definitely they meant it with their whole being Every single time, the people that had been successfully treated, that tells, that's powerful. And he said, there's power in the name, there's power in the word, the scripture. Um, so, yeah, it, it still boils back to that. Oh, that's, that's right on. The God that we believe in is way bigger than the jab, that's for sure. Uh, Gary, can you, um, we got to wrap up here just because of time. I think we could talk for another hour easily, but do you want to share some things in closing that are on your heart? Um, I just, you know, I, I look at everything in a nutshell, look at it from a bird's eye view and I can tell people why did we even get to this point is because we disconnected ourselves from God. We took God out of the schools, our government, our homes, our churches too. And what do you expect when that happens? And then the final blow that happened is when we all got so connected to the digital world, right? We stopped talking to each other. We stopped cooking our own food. We stopped coming together at the dinner table. We stopped communicating. And then we allowed things to come into our lives like Oh, okay. You can't be your own person. You're a we or all or it. You're you're not your own individual person. Or you can't offend somebody. So you can't be. You know, we have to stop because we disconnected ourselves from our Father Creator. We are made in His image. We should not be ashamed of that. This is why we're us. It's because of Him that created us. And so, if we come back to God, we we. We put God in everything. And I can tell you, Scott, when I first started speaking, I didn't talk about God a lot because in medicine and science, you're not supposed to. And then I realized I was wrong. And so I don't ever apologize for that anymore. I, I talk about God because that is the answer for everything and about bringing that back. And that, that's truly the answer. And, and I'm not here and you're not here for no reason. It is to help people understand that they're still good and that God can heal all things if we pray and repent. 
um, he can heal us and our land and that there's a solution for everything if we look into it. So um, connect with each other, become human again, become, start eating together, start cooking foods or, you know, taking kids out of school, I mean, and teaching at home. Um, these are all, the church can go back into your home again. And earth has many things we need to heal ourselves. The plants are amazing. Um, you can always go to my website. I give ideas of how to detox for free. And uh, there are many other resources on there as well. So I, I think that's there's always hope. Oh, outstanding, Carrie. Thank you. I'm just going to say a couple of things, and I'm going to give you the final word. And this has been, um, you know, since Grace died, the most important thing for me is to not just share her story, but to share what matters. And the only thing that does matter is that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again on the third day. So whoever believes in him will have eternal life. You know, I have come to believe that we're living in the days of Noah. And fortunately, the book has already been written, and we know that God wins. And if you already know him, I believe, and your faith hasn't been tested, I think it's going to happen very soon. And Jesus said, he is the truth and the truth will set you free. So what does that mean? Free from what? And it's freedom from the bondage of sin. So the question I would leave everybody with, and then Carrie, you can have the, fast, the last word is, if you don't know him, have you been programmed? All right, Carrie, you've got the last word. I think you did a beautiful job of stating the most important thing. Yes, we have to know our savior, we have to know who created us and there is a joy and a freedom from that. Um, and then another thing people should look into is um, the power of words, which the scripture goes into, but um, what they can learn on their own. Um, I like the group Americans in Action where we learn about what we can say right here, right now, something called American State National, um, or you don't even have to go to that level, but it's about how to use the scriptural words in everyday life and the power that comes from that. I mean, I'm starting to do that, Scott, and it's it's amazing. It's liberating. So that's that's another whole conversation we could go into. But um, believe me, there are many things we can do. Yes. Well, thank you very much, Carrie. This has been it's been a real blessing and a gift to have you on today. I appreciate it very much. It's been my pleasure too. So thank you, Scott. Further details, we return you now to your regularly scheduled program.